Yes, it is I, your humble host, Bill Hatch the Third, coming to you live from the palatial home studios of Bald Spots Productions here in the beautiful city of Santa Ana, California, for yet another episode of YWL Online's Totally Approachable Bible Study for All. Joining me in studio, as per the usual, is my friend, my brother in Christ, the disembodied voice of Rudy. Everybody, I love you all. Waka, waka, waka with the Lord. And joining us from a more than acceptable safe social distance through the miracle of telephony is my father, Chaplain Bill Hatch. How you doing, Pop? I'm doing well. And welcome, my fellow Bible inquisitors. Oh, looks like you're back in the normal spot there in Poplar Bluff. I am indeed back in Poplar Bluff. It's a very uh, drizzly morning. It was mm -hmm. raining harder earlier, but now it's it's just sort of drizzly. And one of those days when you wish you could just stay in bed and not worry about a thing. <laughs> Leave it all to God as we should anyway. Right. But still. Except as uh, as someone uh, very wise once informed me, even if, uh, even if God provides the food, he does expect you to do the dishes. Yes, well, that was indeed a very wise individual. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> but I know I remember that one because I still use it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we've got a lot of material to go through today, uh, but uh, I think we have some time for a Rudy Minute. Waka, 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 waka with the Lord. I watch, uh, I watch a lot of these... Uh, Pictures on TV, I mean, YouTube, and the outrageous things they say, and people still sit there. It's crazy. Another guy, the guy that Stephen Ferg said, I am God Almighty. He was saying a story, but then he just said, I am God Almighty. And he said that before. And you know what? It's amazing that God has patience that he could kill us all. Some people say, why would God, you know, because God had people killed because uh, they were bad or something. I tell people, why is he a merciful God who does that? God can do what he wants. This is his world. God does what he wants. You guys try to at least follow him. Follow his rules. Love him. He's there. And there's outrageous statements. And I wonder, do they understand that they're making outrageous statements? So remember, I love you all. And remember, listen to God. Read the Bible. Waka, waka, waka with the Lord. Yeah, yeah. Some of these, uh, some of these, uh, uh, what is it? Prosperity gospel preachers uh, have started with the little gods uh, theory of uh, of creation, that uh, because we are made in the image of God, that makes us gods, and uh, that's just not the way it works. Um, yeah, people like uh, like Furtick and uh, and a few others, uh, Duplantis and Joyce Meyer. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and a bunch of people like that are going around saying uh, that they're God, and uh, God has a plan, and uh, and He's going to take care of these false uh, false teachers, false preachers for us. But uh, He has a plan that's uh, that's in action, and uh, we need to trust and have faith in that. And uh, so, uh, not. Uh, not necessarily praying that uh, that he strike them down, although uh, that would be the nice and easy and Old Testament way to do things. But uh, instead, the New Testament way to do things, of course, would be to 
pray that they realize their error and uh, come out and use their influence for the Lord. But uh, we shall see what happens. It's very easy for people to twist the Bible around. Yes, it is. And I am not a prosperity uh, believer by any no. means. I, and yet I do know that in the Psalms that we have already covered, because Jesus used it in a defense, literally, uh, when he was being uh, acted, well, they were trying to stone him. Mm -hmm. uh, he references the Psalms where it says, God tells us that we are gods. Yeah. But it's really, you know, children of God and while we are able to do many mighty things with God's help, it's not just everything is hunky-dory, if I might use a phrase that I'm <laughs> sure is out of the modern curriculum. Uh, got got we, to remember, we, neither of us are close enough to cool to be able to see it standing on a ladder, so. <laughs> okay, hmm. I'll have to think on what you're saying on that one. Uh, but it's it's really very difficult for or it's very easy for people to twist the Bible around. So I'll regress in a minute and I'll just say yes, because you can even tell someone whose name happens to be John, shut up, John, and that's in the Bible. Right. <laughs> because depending on which translation, it is Herod shut up John in prison totally out of context and to be able to say yeah we really do need to verify what people are claiming um, because when they're talking about we're all gods we also have in uh, the gospel of john and in revelation in particular the the point of many false gods will be coming and appearing and we should not chase after them right. you know there is so we should not chase after all these folks yep. uh who are just saying everything will be fine because everything will not be fine and i think that's especially true of those who say everything will be fine yep yep indeed um yeah uh yeah, that's why the the ease of uh, being able to twist uh, the Bible's meanings around is part of the reason why sometimes we go so in-depth into the words and culture and history of, uh, of the Bible. It's because we're trying to find the real meaning, not some... Not some oh wow the Bible says we're gods um, kind of uh, kind of a thing or uh, or oh God's going to give us money and health and and all the good stuff in life um, you know while he may want to have good things for us that may not fit into his plan exactly which is why we need to have our joy in the Lord because earthly things are going to disappoint us and uh um and uh the way life goes uh you may not uh you may not have good stuff um you know uh things may get uh down and uh, down and dirty as it were um and uh, you might get pinned to the mat 
and uh, you might be tempted to tap out, um, which uh, reminds me, um, earlier, it was either earlier this week or last week, um, I don't remember which, it was very recent, um, no, I think it was, this, it was this last week, an actor by the name of Jason Frank, who was uh, uh, popular for having portrayed the Green Ranger in the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers uh, series, which uh, um, which I enjoyed uh, back in the uh, in the eighties because I am or nineties because I am a kid at heart still. I, I have my little Power Rangers toys, but uh, um, on not quite after midnight, I made the comment that uh, um, that as uh, as we get older, celebrities we grew up with start to pass away. And used him as an example of that, and found out. Well, he uh, um, he popularized the term "Jesus didn't tap." He was uh, an MMA an MMA fighter, and uh, basically what it, what that means is that Jesus didn't tap out. He didn't give up, and uh, and neither should we. Um, he was uh, he was uh, apparently quite the out outspoken Christian on uh, on social media. Um, used his uh, his influence uh, for uh, for the spreading of the word, which is uh, certainly a good thing. And uh, um, but uh, um, rumors are going around now that he commit may have committed suicide, and uh, um, that uh, his uh, wife of many years had uh, filed for divorce after uh, after uh, suspecting that he had been in in. He cheated on that. He, he may have cheated on her, um, but uh, um, you know the news isn't solid yet. It's still a rumor, um, but uh, um, but you know uh, it can depression and thoughts of suicide can uh, can hit just about anybody, um, whether oh, yeah. uh, whether a believer or not. Um, you know the depression is a disease. It uh, um, it uh, is an is an effect of a mental condition, um, you know, uh, that, uh, that may be chemical in origin and, uh, can be treated, but, uh, it is definitely a difficult one to deal with. And if you happen to be having a, uh, a mental health crisis or, uh, maybe considering suicide, uh, here in the U S we have the 988, uh, telephone service. Uh, real easy to remember and real easy to dial, uh, when you're in uh, that state. And you can get help. Um, you know there is hope. Uh, our true hope is uh, is with the Lord. Um, but uh, sometimes we need to be reminded of the uh, of the things that make life worth living. And so uh, you know if you're having trouble uh, like that, um, going through some depression, going through uh, some suicidal thoughts, then definitely reach out to the folks at nine eight eight and uh get the help you need because uh there's definitely help um you know we're not uh we're not qualified uh, suicide counselors but we're always happy to pray for people you are oh okay i didn't realize that yeah. <laughs> um i know there's there's specific stuff um but uh, uh that you have to go through to be able to get that i didn't realize you'd uh, you'd uh, gone through the process oh yeah with the army and uh especially as a family life okay uh, chaplain and the second master's degree in counseling psychology and suicide prevention is a strong element of what military chaplains are well then there you go made aware of and working from well there you 
but mind you, even chaplains have taken their own lives. Yeah. Uh, really, the Psalms that we're working through today mm -hmm. are very depression oriented. Yes. Depression is throughout the Bible, but as we will see, they all turn to God. Even in their great depressions, some of them don't even, well, like Psalm 89 today, it really is 88 and 89. They're both so depressive. And they aren't really, you know, saying, where are you, Lord? Uh, yes, 89 will end with uh, praise be the Lord. But I think that's actually added by someone when they were compiling all the the five books of mm -hmm. Psalms that we have today. So, yes, depression is alive and well, unfortunately. Yeah. We need to be able to turn to the Lord like the psalmist did in these writings. Uh, but sometimes they weren't even able to do that. They were so depressed. Mm -hmm. And we can't let ourselves drop to that level. We shouldn't let ourselves drop to that level, but it is always the possibility. And asking God for help is the answer. Yes. Jesus is always the answer. That's why you have to figure out great questions. <laughs> mm -hmm. So with that, uh, we will turn to Psalm 86. Okay. In, uh, Sounds in like an idea to me. It does indeed. We left off with 85 the last time. Yep. I am, I am turning all of my Bibles to Psalm 86 right now. Okay. <laughs> well, while you're turning, I will read a couple intros. Okay. It's a psalm of supplication and trust. It says it is a prayer of David. Another one says lament and petition, a prayer of David. And in my daily reading Bible... I know it's here. I just have to find it. It says, um, sorry, I thought I could do it immediately. David then prayed for deliverance, protection, mercy, and happiness in Psalm 86. Stuff you can always ask for, uh, for from God. Um, I also have, for the Amplified, yeah. I also have a psalm of supplication and trust. Um, the, uh, the English Standard says, Great is your steadfast love. The uh, Berean Standard is tried but trusting, as is the King James. Okay. I have in the Study Bible, it says, an inclusion. So, of hearing and answering prayer, uh, it surrounds David's request to uh, the pardoning and compassionate God for protection and deliverance. But verses 2 through 6, it says David then declares that the world should praise God for his great works. 
And wow, is that ever true? <laughs> the world really should. What kind of books do you have, Bill? Because for me, the focus verse in Psalm 86 is verse 11. So what kind of boxes might you have on Psalm 86? Uh, let's see here. Uh, actually, uh, in, the Amplified doesn't have any, uh, any footnotes uh, given. Um, let's see. Uh, but they do have, of course, their usual expansions of, uh, of the verses, of the amplifications, if you will. Uh, in verse 1, uh, uh, for I am distressed and needy, and they add, I long for your help. Um, in verse 2, uh, O you, my God, save your servant who trusts in you. And then they amplify it with believing in you and relying on you, confidently committing everything to you. Um, okay. And there, there's quite a few more. Uh, some of them are, uh, are, are pretty long. Um, but uh, um, let's see. Yeah. Um, and it goes on uh, like that. Of course, the Amplified, one of the reasons I like it is because of their, uh, um, is because of, uh, their amplifications, uh, because I feel it gives a good uh, idea, uh, of, a better idea in some ways uh, about what the meaning is, an explanation, if you will. Um, in verse 11, uh, teach me your way, O Lord, I will walk and live in your truth. Direct my heart to fear your name. And uh, um, in reference to the word fear, um, they, uh, they amplify it with, with awe-inspired reverence and submissive wonder. I, I like that, yep. that they remind people that fear isn't being shaking in your boots. Um, right. No, no knee-knocking in this right, particular. Right. Now, the, the, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Um, and uh, as the Bible tells us, and uh, so there may be some knee knocking at first when one realizes uh, God's awesome power and uh, um, and His control over us and the universe, and uh, um, so that can be kind of and His His righteous anger um, at us for our sinful ways, um, but uh, um, but that's just the beginning, and that may that may start you on the path. To uh, to living a, uh, a righteous life, um, as much as righteous as a human being can, but uh, that's not the end of it. Um, if it was, then the demons would uh, would have a pass into heaven because they fear the Lord too that way. But uh, and they shudder and yes. they shudder and uh, um, and that's not what we need to get to. We need to get through the fear, through the scaredness to the fear that is, uh, that is awe-inspired reverence and submissive wonder um, and, uh, yes. and feeling in the love of the Lord. Um, trying to remember, uh, one of the, one, one the well-known uh, luminaries of theology, uh, I can't remember who right off, said uh, something to the effect that we start off with, uh, um, we start off with the faith of of the uh, um, oh now how do you put it of the person of the of of fear that comes from fear um, the faith of uh, of a demon if you will but that's not what he said I just can't remember but our goal is to get to the love of a child 
Yep. Which is what we are. We are God's children. We are God's children. Indeed. And children always have great enthusiasm, so we should be enthusiastic. Yeah. The, what's important, or what reached out to me, and is that we, uh, verse 11, sorry, of this Psalm 86, mm -hmm. is that we don't know how old David was when he wrote this one, but he's credited to have given it uh I believe at this point in time, I am now older than David was when he died, but we don't really have that exact time or age right. of his death, but it's an older Psalm and he's still saying, I am a man of God and I still need to learn more and to be teachable. And that's what I'm getting at is this verse says, we should keep being open to God's word and his directions and yeah having the respect or awe of him all the days of our lives we should never just say okay i've done all that christian stuff for 50 years and now i'm going to stop because i've done it all i know it all right in which case i would say yeah you haven't scratched the surface of knowing god at all if you think you can stop uh, and so verse 11 really is important in that sense to me, that we need to continually live by his truths and be open to his teachings. Mm -hmm. So I like that from verse 11. Indeed. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who, who, who are we that in our scant years, uh, you know, of, of generally less than a century, can truly believe that they've learned everything about God who's been in existence forever. Only the, <laughs> the prideful can do that. You know, or the, uh, or the dim-witted, if you, uh, <laughs> if you'll excuse Only me. Only the prideful. Yeah. But yeah, there, there's, yeah, it's, uh, it's, yeah, understanding can only deepen and, uh, and get richer with age. Like a uh, like a fine wine or a uh, or a uh, uh, truly good uh, piece of leather that's well cared for. Actually, I think the leather example might be better because um, if you have a, if you have a leather good like a jacket or a, or a bag or something, if you don't take care of it, it's like the relationship with God. It's like a relationship with God. If you don't take care of it, it will it will get dried out, it will crack, and it will get destroyed. And it will get destroyed. But if you put effort into it, you know, rubbing a little oil into it, keeping it clean, then uh, then it gets the colors get richer and deeper. Um, it gets softer and more supple. Um, and uh, sorry, I, I was preparing my leather jacket for the winter months. Uh, the other day um so uh so i know i know of that which i speak but it, it's the same thing with the with your relationship with god if you take care of it if you read your bible if you pray sorry forgot to turn off my uh my alarm um that's the one to make sure that i'm ready for the for the show <laughs> um but yeah if you if you take good care of it and uh um read your bible and pray and fellowship with other believers um 
and uh, um, and all of those things, then your relationship with God will only deepen and uh, and grow in love and uh, and wisdom, um, and you'll uh, you'll have a better effect on your neighbor, which is one of the things we talk about in our sinner's prayer, that uh, we need to learn to love our neighbors as ourselves. Mm -hmm. All right. Good words for Psalm 86. I think shall so. we move shall we move on to 87? We shall. Okay. Well, Psalm 87 is one of the shorter psalms in the Bible. Yep. And it really is going to reference around the city of Zion. Mm. So that's where we'll say it. Zion, the city of God, a psalm of the sons of Korah, a song. And then let's see over here. I have uh, privileges of citizenship in Zion, a psalm of the sons of Korah, a song. Okay. And in the study Bible. I only have to find it. Psalm 87, yeah, 87 focuses on the wondrous city of Jerusalem, mm -hmm. which in this psalm is used as the word Zion. Right. So um, what do you the got? Amplified also gives the privileges of citizenship in Zion, um, a psalm of the sons of Korah, a song. <clears throat> the English standard is glorious things of you are spoken. And the Berean standard, the Lord loves the gates of Zion. <clears throat> and the King James is, his foundation is in the holy mountain. Okay. We have all these references to Zion or Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. um, the Jewish people, of course, here in the psalm even, uh, Claim it as God's residence, like he's here. Period. Mm -hmm. well, they found out he wasn't just there. Right. We should also recognize that God is everywhere, not just in one city. Yes, Jerusalem has been the capital. Uh, personally, I think Satan has moved in with the Muslim uh, beliefs yeah. because it is contested to be a Jewish city or a not a Jewish city, but a Muslim city. Uh, nobody wants to share the uh, glory of Zion or Jerusalem. <laughs> they want to claim it as their own. Uh, yep. Uh, yeah, they, they need to listen to Paul, and uh, and in as much as it is up to them to live at peace with everyone. Yeah. Donald Trump was the first world leader to openly assign Jerusalem as the capital of mm -hmm. uh, Israel. First president to do so, uh, yeah. Yeah. And that caused a lot of heartache around the world to say the yeah. least and as i said the muslims are very ingrained mm -hmm. they take old testament references and make them their own yeah. um but they won't 
elevate Jerusalem to their capital like Israel wishes to do for the world. They still consider, uh, was it Mecca as and, and Medina, or is Mecca and Medina the same place? No, no, it's two different places. Yeah, it's two different, as, as more holy than Jerusalem itself. Mm -hmm. But they, they do things about where the temple site was. Right. They have their beliefs. The Jewish mm -hmm. folks have their beliefs. Yeah, uh, and they've got the, the Pialowska Mosque and the Dome of the Rock are both on the temple site. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's just a, a big, uh, a big mess is what it is. Yes. And Satan is good at confusion and deception. Yep. And so he can try very, he not tries, he succeeds too often with taking things of God and trying to interfere with them. Right. Let's see, I have also that. Uh, Zion, which that is Jerusalem, God's chosen dwelling place. God doesn't live there. He lives everywhere. So I have difficulty with that one. City of God forms the focus of Psalm 87. Yep, we know that. We can tell from the short reading. Uh, I did find that, or do have a, a nice little note here, that St. Augustine, who is uh, one of the early father, influential church father from the fourth century, uh, he titled his book, The City of God, from verse three of, uh, for, of Psalm 87. Because there are seven verses, I'm going to, if that's all right with you, Bill. Yeah. Do you have any boxes? Uh, no, actually. There are, I'm there are. Read nine. verse 87. Okay. Psalm, Psalm 87. 87. Psalm. Have another cup of coffee. Oh, I haven't had any. <laughs> oh, no. Shucks, yeah. The city he founded is on the holy mountains. The Lord loves Zion's city gates more than all the dwellings of Jacob. Glorious things are said about you, city of God. Selah. I will make a record of those who know me. Rahab, Babylon, Philistia, Tyre, and Cush. Each one was born there, and it will be said of Zion, this one and that one were born in her. The Most High himself will establish her. Let me pause there for a second. That's exactly what we were talking about. Mm -hmm. Many claim to be, you know, have Zion as their starting point. Yeah. I didn't think of that in the pre-work pre, pre of reviewing. But it certainly does jump out that way. Yeah, yeah uh, it does. Um, makes me think that uh, uh, it, because of the the mentioning of Cush, which is Ethiopia, makes me uh, makes me imagine that this may have been written post Solomon, um, because that's when the connection to Ethiopia began. Was during his uh, his time. It was during his reign. Yeah, very very, very possible. Yes. Yeah. Uh, when he registers the people, the Lord will record, this one was born there, Selah. Singers and dancers alike will say, my whole source of joy is in you. This is obviously a pre-destruction of the temple psalm. Mm -hmm. 
uh, there's just no way it can be reflecting on the positive works of God and that and trying to assign it to uh, yeah. the uh, destructed and destroyed area. It's it's very, I want to say prideful of uh, of of Jewishness of uh, of of Hebrewness. Um, um, you know, and, uh, and, um, so when I was reading, uh, I saw the word Jewish exclusivity, um, that, uh, we have God's house here. We are, we are the champions, <laughs> my friend. Um, and, uh, um, yeah. And so there's a lot of, uh, a lot of pride and, uh, uh, going on there. So, yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you that, uh, um, that this is likely, before the destruction of the temple, yeah. um, and probably during a uh, a more uh, a more positive uh, reign, uh, one of the uh, one of the good kings of uh, of Judah, as opposed to one of the evil kings. Very good uh, analysis, but we don't know for sure how that works. But we know that this one is definitely declaring. Uh, Zion's special place, or yeah. pardon me, Jerusalem's special place. Right. Um, and with that, I think we should change directions because the Psalms do and go to Psalm uh, 88. 88. Okay, why don't you start this time, Bill? Okay, uh, hold on a second. I'll Hold on for two or three, but four <laughs> seconds too long. Four seconds too much. Well, the Amplified gives us the title, A Petition to be Saved from Death. A song, a psalm of the sons of Korah, to the chief musician, set to chant mournfully, a didactic or reflective poem of Heman the Ezraite. So I didn't know Heman was in, uh, was in the Bible. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> and I actually have a note on that, too. So Okay. Uh, the English Standard uh, says, I cry out day and night before you. Um, it has a little different in the, in the other part. Uh, a song, a psalm of the sons of Korah to the choir master, according to Mahalath Leonoth, a mascal of Heman the Ezraite. The, okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the Berean says, I cry out before you. And uh, the King James, I have cried day and night before you. Okay. That sounds a little sad. It is very sad. There is no uplifting uh, points in Psalm 88. Right. Do you have any other descriptors? Nope, that's it. All right. Well, because we've talked about Heman, I'm going to do the descriptor of him before I do the descriptor of the psalm. Uh, Heman, a descendant of Judah through Zariah, and this is in First Chronicles 2.6, whose name appears in the inscription as Heman the Ezrahite. He was known for his wisdom. That's from 1 Kings 4.31. Some have suggested that he's the same person as 
First Chronicles 6.33. No, I'm not going to go into all <laughs> these. But the point being is, is that there are biblical references. A descendant of Levi through Kohath. And Joel, who was a worship leader during the time of King David and one of David's seers. So this is just giving some background on Heman showing that there is biblical balance. You know, very few things in the Bible happen one time. Mm -hmm. Everything gets done over and over again. And we forget that. And we shouldn't. I mean, yes, Jesus was the only one who rose from the dead. That's the central point of the Bible. <laughs> Truly, everything points towards that. The only but one who rose himself. Have multiple examples. He was the only one Sir? who rose himself from the dead. Amen to that, because Jesus did raise how many people from the dead? Was it two or three? Three. Three. Okay. Jairus' daughter, the widow's son, and that great guy, Lazarus. Lazarus. <clears throat> come forth. So three guys uh, came out but, before him. <laughs> uh, well, no, that's not all, but that's how many he did. Right. We also have in the Old Testament what are mostly, no, not mostly legends, but we have, uh, yeah, we certainly do. The two big prophets <laughs> of the Old Testament that, uh, Followed each other. Elijah and Elisha. Thank you. The brain totally went. And we have raising of the dead there. And one even after he after Elijah. Mm -hmm. Elisha. Second, Second one. Elisha, after he died, there's a story in there about um, a dead body was tossed on top of his grave. And that person came back to life. <laughs> that one, believe me, it's like, I believe it because it's in the Bible, but right. it's like, wow, how did that get there? Uh, and I found out the answer is how it got there, too. But that's the fact this that Elisha asked for a double portion mm -hmm. of Elijah's spirit. And if you map everything out, Elijah did twice as many recorded miracles right. as Elijah did in mm -hmm. the scriptures and that's being one of them yeah. the um, uh the miracle of the of the person who uh rose from the dead after being uh thrown onto Elijah's grave um is where a modern belief comes from in that you can lay on the grave of a uh, of a Christian leader luminary whatever you want to call them somebody who who was strong in the faith and gained some of their abilities so, wow. yeah and people actually go out into graveyards in the middle of the night to lay down on their uh on these people's uh on these people's graves it's uh it's ridiculous i agree that is taking things much too yeah. far <clears throat> I would just as soon at midnight go out in the middle of the yard and lay and pray to God, and I would receive as much wisdom. And some of that wisdom for me would probably be, yeah, don't go out in the in the middle of the night and, and 
prey on the ground. Uh, you're liable to catch cold or some other situation instead. Not to mention getting up from kneeling. <laughs> uh, with my knees, I understand yeah. that. Uh, all right, anyway, we regress. Yes, yes. We're in the, uh, Psalm 88. It's the city of depression. I read about Heman, but what are some of the other ones that my reading has as well as yours? All right. The psalmist lamented the difficulties facing him and was emotionally distraught over what was happening to him. And then I have a cry of desperation, a song, a psalm of the sons of Korah. We already did that with Heman, right. so I don't need to repeat the rest of it. Whoop. And then in this one, it is on the wrong page. <laughs> one moment, please. It says, a petition to be saved from death. And that probably is a fair descriptor on that one. As I said, Psalm 88, uh, we're supposed to compare it with the 23rd Psalm, according to the study okay. Bible. Uh, it's about near-death experience. But Psalm 88 shows considerably greater despair. Psalm 23 reflects on the upbeat nature of Book 1. Mm -hmm. Psalm 88, uh, the agony of Book 3. Again, remember that all the Psalms are divided into five right. books. And this one is definitely focusing on um, Psalm 88 ends with hopeless depression. And with what, Bill, you were talking about earlier and 988 yeah. and depression and suicide, uh, there's actually at least one account. No, there's more. There are, there are accounts in the Bible of people committing suicide. One especially we know as Judas, right. who uh, went out and hung himself after he betrayed Jesus. Uh, the other is uh, at the time of David fleeing from Absalom and one of Absalom's advisors gave Absalom good worldly advice uh, on how to go and defeat his father instead of realizing that Absalom should not have uh, tried to take his father's throne. And when the advice is not taken by that gentleman, he realized how wrong he had been. So he went home, got things in order, and took his own life because he realized he was going against God or he had gone against God. Um, Psalm 88 is that kind of depression throughout. Being the positive person without being prosperity person <laughs> Uh, I don't have anything else that I want to say about Psalm 88. Do you, Bill? Um, let's see. There was, oh, uh, in verse 5, there's a, there's a footnote in uh, the Amplified. Um, let's see, it says, Cast away from the living and abandoned among the dead like the slain who lie in a nameless grave. Um, the, uh, 
literal for uh, castaway is set free. Um, the ancient rabbis understood this to mean that once a man is dead, he is free from all religious duties. We see in Revelation that may not be the case. No. Probably not. Right. But it's interesting that uh, um, that the literal translation for, for cast away would, in that would be set free. Because that is what uh, people who commit suicide are seeking, is freedom from their troubles, um, from their depression. They, they can't see any other way out. And, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, and so, uh, so yes, 988. 988 and praying to praying God, to God. sincerely and looking and listening to yeah. his answers. Surrounding yourself with but, believers. Yes. Getting assistance. A support structure. We are we are not the individual rugged people that we see in movies. Yeah. The ones who can do it all with or without superhuman powers. Right. Uh, and too often we just don't see that. Indeed. And so that's what 88 is. It's a very sad psalm. Shall we move on to 89? Yes. Okay. Again, why don't you start this one? Okay. Well, the Amplified says, The Lord's covenant with David and Israel's afflictions. A skillful song or a didactic or reflective poem of Ethan the Ezraite. Uh, let's see here. The English Standard says, I will sing of the steadfast love of the Lord. And the Berean, hold on, it's coming up. Uh, the Berean Standard says, I will sing of his love forever. And the KGV, the King James Version, I will sing of his love forever. So the same there. Um, let's see, this is a maskal, uh, which is a, a liturgical or or, uh, um, or musical term. We're not entirely sure. And uh, we come upon another Ezraite. Um, last one was Heman, and this one is Ethan. Um, we're, they're not people aren't entirely sure what it means. It could be that it means native born, and so these are people who were born in uh, in Israel somewhere, or it could be their uh, their family or clan name. I don't have any note on uh, on Ethan like I did on Heman, mm. but reflecting on what you just said, if it were a clan leader, we would see it in Chronicles. Right. That's true. Because Chronicles list all the different names. And uh, I didn't even consider looking in Chronicles for uh, Let's see. And I King, don't see any First particular Kings, notes. First Kings 4.31 mentions an Ethan the Ezraite who uh, was a wise man, but not as wise as King Solomon. Um, and uh, that's where it says uh, um, that Solomon was wiser than anyone else, including Ethan the Ezraite. Uh, let's see, First Chronicles 2.6 okay. gives the added information 
that Ethan had four brothers and was the son of Zerah, called Mahal, in 1 Kings 4.31. He was of the tribe okay. of Levi. Very good. And he was wise, but not as wise as Solomon, who was nowhere near as wise as Jesus. Right. Solomon, the second smartest man in the Bible, although when it comes to relationship with God, maybe we should put Job in front of, <laughs> of, uh, of Solomon. Yeah, Job's, uh, okay. Job's relationship definitely with the Lord definitely improved after his events. So. And Solomon's not Solomon, so much. No. <laughs> All right. Uh, anything else you want to put on eighty nine, and I'll do my little part. No, uh, I don't think uh, I don't think I got much of anything for okay. uh, eighty nine. Nothing special. Well, let's see. The Lord's covenant with David and Israel's afflictions is one. Uh, let's see if I can find the other one again quickly, because I. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh-oh, just went to the wrong oh. page. Well, I'll just have to get back to that one. I don't see it right off. Um, perplexity about God's promises, a mascal of Ethan. And why did I just, I did, I just lost a place because I was sure that I had something on 89. Yep, I jumped to the wrong marked, marked one is all. This one, it says, uh, I'm going to have to get a bigger one. Are you going to have to get you one of them Fresnel lenses? Yes, actually, I think I still have a real huge one that your grandfather used on his desk. Wow. And while the contraption that, you know, holds it up is gone, uh, I think the lens is still good. I don't think I got rid of that. I get rid of very few things. <laughs> but here we I go. I have the same problem. <laughs> he expressed praise for God's unfailing love, his faithfulness, his covenant, his great wonders his sovereign rule and his glorious strength is what it says about psalm 89 here that's my daily reading bible uh or guide to help me go all through scripture i do have something over here as a note um and it's interesting it presents a contradiction to itself in a in a, in a way this psalm presents a stark contrast from the previous psalm of despair, or does it? Um, the psalm explodes with praise to God. Were it not for the added verse of praise to the end of book three, this psalm would end much like Psalm 88 does. In other words, it really is a sad psalm until the last verse and I'll read that last verse blessed be the Lord forever amen and amen probably not part of Psalm 89 it was probably 
added at the conclusion of the compilers when they were putting the five books together. Mm -hmm. And that's not a contrary thing. It's separate. Uh, but it's, it's included in the psalm itself. But Psalm 89 does indeed lament about all the different things that have been going on. Um, and so they have this group of book three that has mostly negative thoughts about what was going on, even though people were saying, we need to trust God more. And then they don't do it. In our own country, I firmly believe we need to trust God more, and we don't. Yep. Uh, our nation was founded on Christian principles, but even the founding fathers, the colonists, original ones, came here with their own religious ideas and wanted exclusive exclusivity. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, they didn't want other people coming in and messing with their beliefs and they didn't want to expand out to those people other people right. and groups um it's it's sad when we look at the history of christianity we can get ourselves very depressed and very locked in step and we have as we said you know many christians who have gone through depression psalm certainly does I would say Jesus was very depressed, but submissive at at the uh, garden the night, I guess I'm when he prayed and asked God to take all that away from him. He knew what was about to happen, and he didn't like it, and he shouldn't have liked it, right. uh, because then we would say he had another psychological issue. Right if he were a mere human, but he's more than that. He's the son of God. Yep. All right. Do you have any boxes on 89? That no, uh, you'd just, like to... uh, um, just want to make note that this was, uh, that this Psalm is really, it's about the seeming conflict between, uh, between belief, uh, in both that, uh, that Israel is, uh, um, is God's chosen nation. And uh, and that David's line is the chosen uh, line of rulers, um, but that the nation seems to be no more, and uh, and David's line seems to have come to an end. Um, although we know that's not true because uh, because we have uh, Jesus as the as the son of David, um, so to speak, the uh, the Messiah uh, of David's mm -hmm. line. Um, and uh, uh, but this is written in a dark time that uh, that it seems like all of these things have ended and uh, they will be uh, they will be again for a little bit uh, later on um, but uh, um, and then uh, and then solidly again starting in 1949 so that the nation of Israel that Israel was once again 48, 48? oh I, oh okay. oh that's right 49 49 is when you were born 48. Yes, yes, yeah. my father, the 49er. Uh, <laughs> yes, California 49er. Yep. Verse is that that you were just referencing? 
uh it's kind of through it's kind of throughout um starting well start since we're looking at the uh, at the end 49 says oh lord where are your former loving kindness so abundant in the days of david and solomon which you swore to david in your faithfulness um remember oh lord the reproach of your servants uh how i bear in my heart the reproach of all the many peoples um all right sorry but i'm still lost because it bounced oh when you're giving sorry. verse number uh, 49 and uh, 50 I'm, yeah okay towards the end uh before that in 35 the author yes. is saying once and for all sworn an oath by my holiness i will not lie to david Yep. His and offspring 36. will continue forever. Yep. His throne like the sun. Yeah. Uh, like the sun before me. And that you know. Right. <laughs> yeah, it is S-U-N. S-U-N, yeah. Yep. We get in the future with the future S-O-N. But still, it's, you know, God will not violate his covenant no and that's a recognition they're just not feeling it in this song but at the end of it of course like i said someone else later i believe wrote the last verse that said blessed be the lord forever amen and amen because god is faithful in everything even when we are in depression yeah how are we doing on time son that's uh i think we should end here um that's a good place to stop and uh and we're pretty close uh, to time actually we're about at time okay so uh we'll end with book three and uh and start up next time with book four with psalm 90. sounds good yes indeed it does and uh i do hope that you gentle inquisitor will uh will join us for that if you have come this far, gentle inquisitor, perhaps you will come a little bit further and join us in this family of Christianity. Um, we do this not with sacrifice because Jesus is taking care of that once and for all. Once was enough. And uh, we don't use magical spells or mystical ceremonies. Indeed, the, um, though some people use the sinner's prayer as a magic spell that's to get them into heaven, um, the Bible says, uh, speak with your mouth and believe in your heart that he is Lord and, uh, and you will be saved. Um, the, the spoken word is only part of it. And, uh, um, and so, uh, um, you know, we, uh, we invite you to say the sinner's prayer with us and, uh, and realign your heart with that of the Lord. Um, we, uh, uh, we say this together because, uh, well, the Bible also tells us that uh, all have sinned and continually fall short of the glory of God. And so we all need to realign our hearts from time to time, for some people daily, for some others more often than that. Um, and uh, so, uh, so we invite you to say it with us uh, today. Um, these specific words are not in the Bible, although it's guided by biblical principles. And uh, um, and so uh, you don't need to say exactly what I say. Um, in fact, uh, we tend to say uh, different, slightly different things throughout the uh, throughout the the, the prayer. Um, 
so uh so join me now and we'll say to this together dear lord dear lord i am a sinner i am a sinner cleanse me of my wickedness cleanse me of my wickedness show me how to love you with all my heart mind soul and strength show me how to love you with all my heart mind soul and strength and teach me how to love my neighbor as myself and teach me to love my neighbor as myself guide my steps along the path you would have me take continue guiding my steps and help me to do the work you would have me do for the building of your kingdom and help me to do the work you would have me do for your kingdom come into my heart and be the lord and savior of my life Remain in my heart, be my Lord and Savior. All these things and more we pray in Jesus' holy name. Amen. All these things and more we pray in Jesus' holy name. Amen. And that's it. Um, you're started on your path and uh, going through that narrow gate and, uh, and headed down that narrow path uh, toward heaven. Um, what you need to do now is find yourself a Bible-believing church and a Bible-preaching pastor and Bible-believing fellow believers and uh, get yourself uh, among them um, because uh, we, shouldn't, uh, we shouldn't abandon the assembly. Um, that is how we figure out our next steps and work together for the building of the kingdom. And uh, so uh, we also invite you to return here for uh, for Bill, more shows. I apologize, okay. but I need to uh, remove myself from camera. Okay. So you guys have a very blessed day from Poplar Bluff, Missouri. You too. So uh, join us from uh, um, join us for not quite after midnight on Thursday, probably on Thursday. Um, <laughs> Uh, this week, um, hold on, got little things popping up all over the place. Uh, this week, um, coming up, we will be having, on Not Quite After Midnight, we'll be having Jennifer Lieberman and Freddie Cruz, a couple of authors. Uh, Freddie also has a uh, podcast. Then on Saturday, uh, we'll be doing, oh, that's right, we'll be doing, starting our Advent coverage. Although, yes, I know we're a week late, uh, <laughs> but uh, don't worry about that. And uh, um, so uh, so join us for that. And then a week from tonight, uh, we'll be IWL Online's totally approachable Bible study for all once again. And we will be beginning with Psalm 90. So go ahead and read 90 through 94 uh, just to make sure you can participate in the conversation. And with that, uh, I'll ask you, uh, Rudy, do you have anything to say to the nice people? I love you all, and please read the Bible so you know if anybody tries to mislead you. Waka, 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 Indeed, that's something important to do. And uh, God's blessings and good night from, uh, from Santa Ana, California. Be safe out there. Remember to wash your hands. Um, and stay tuned for the ending credits. Thank you all for tuning in. This has been a presentation of Bald Spots Productions. I'd like to thank my producer, my beloved mother, Eileen Hatch. I, of course, am your humble host. I'd like to thank my co-host, my beloved father, Chaplain Bill Hatch, and my beloved Ed McMahon, Rudy Corlew. Yes. 
Support the show if you feel so led uh, over on Patreon.com. We're there as Bald Spots Pro, which is the production company. And don't you dare miss Not Quite After Midnight. You can find it on Facebook, YouTube, and wherever fine podcasts are sold. Please like, comment, share to uh, stay informed, you know, subscribe, follow, whatever you got to do to kick that algorithm into gear so we can reach more people. Thanks again for tuning in and have yourself a wonderful whenever. Bye.